If you would, this morning I would like you to take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, a verse that we looked at two weeks ago on Sunday morning, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. I want to get right into our outline this morning, and our first point is the war in your soul. This morning, as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper, I want us to take another look at the critical importance of 1 Peter 2.11. I think this is a perfect verse for communion. Next week, we will move on in our study of 1 Peter and look at 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17. But I thought, I don't want to leave here this portion of scripture when it works so well with the Lord's Supper and what it means. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some of the same things that I shared two weeks ago on Sunday morning and two weeks ago on Sunday evening. So what we are going to do, and if some of this sounds familiar, it's because you may have heard it, but I want to combine Sunday morning and Sunday evening from two weeks ago. So we're going to look at the war within your soul and walking in the Spirit. The war within your soul and walking in the Spirit. And Peter says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. I want to open this devotion and close this devotion in a little bit with the very same statement. So I'm going to open and close with the very same statement. And that statement is this. The choices you make every day in the secret places of your heart will determine who you become in Christ. The choices you make every day in the secret places of your heart will determine who you become in Christ. And I want you, and guys, if you would, I'm going to have you turn that monitor off up there. Thank you. Um, I want you to really focus on that phrase, secret places. I'm talking about that place or those places in your heart that only God and you know about. And when I say it will determine who you become in Christ, I always want to go over and over again. We've gone over this many times together, but there is a difference between your position in Christ and your practice in Christ. In Christ, if you know him as Savior, we are, in Christ, righteous. We have been clothed with the very righteousness of Christ. We stand holy and clean before a holy God because of Christ. But we spend our entire earthly life trying to live out who we are, living up to who we are. In theology, we call this progressive sanctification. We are seeking to live out our position. 
And the reality is on this earth, some Christians will grow and mature a lot, and some Christians will not. And the difference is this. It is the choices you make every day in the secret places of your heart. The next time you see a friend or a public figure fall into deep sin, the next time you have someone you know or you turn on your television and you see that somebody has had an adulterous affair or they've embezzled a whole bunch of money or they got arrested for child pornography, I want you to know this, it didn't happen overnight. They were losing the battle in the secret places of their heart over a long period of time. And so Peter says to us, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. He is speaking to us as Christians, beloved, those who are beloved of God, those who are beloved by their brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says, you are sojourners and exiles. I went over this a lot two weeks ago, but let me briefly say that we as Christians, our ultimate home is heaven. Our ultimate allegiance is to our King and to our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Some translations have pilgrims or strangers and aliens upon this earth. We are only passing through. But while we are on this earth, in the meantime, until the Lord takes us home, Peter says, Beloved, beloved sojourners and exiles, I urge you to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. The passions of the flesh refers to the temptations that arise because we are still living in the flesh and in the reality of sin, or, and the reality of sin remains with us until we die. I am a new creature in Christ. I have the Holy Spirit living within me. I am that redeemed person that Steve so wonderfully sang about this morning. But I am that man in a sinful body. I am that man in the flesh. And therefore there is a war going on between the spirit and the flesh. A war which is talked about numerous times in the New Testament. And Peter says those passions of the flesh wage war against your soul. One writer said this, he said, The sin within you is like a great army that attacks you every single day, wanting to reclaim the territory that was taken when you came to Christ. In Christ, you don't have to give that up, but they want to reclaim it, and they're going to fight to take it back. I shared with you about Paul's famous struggle in Romans chapter 7, that as a mature Christian, he says, the very things I know I should do, I don't do. And the very things I know I shouldn't do, I do. 
And we all feel that struggle. We all feel that war within. And so we need to know that the Christian life is a war zone. It is a war between the flesh and the spirit, between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. We feel it in the very depths of our beings. And so I am referring here to those secret places, to your thoughts, to your words, to your attitudes, to your motives, to your passions, to your desires. That's where the battle really takes place. And I want to share something with you this morning that I think is very important in the Christian life. And I want to say this sensitively. I'm, I may step on some toes here, but I think it is so critical. This verse is so critical. Your outward standards that you come up with for your Christian life may be good things. I'm not criticizing them, but your outward standards cannot defeat the passions of the sinful nature. I don't care how conservatively you dress. I don't care how proud you are that there are certain activities that you don't go to as a Christian. I don't care how well you make your children sit up straight in the church service. I don't care how prim and proper you are as a Christian. I don't care how many rules and regulations you have and how many do's and don'ts you have for your life. That is not where the war is won. Those things are not going to defeat the passions of the flesh. They are not going to defeat the desires of the sinful nature. I am old enough now and have been in the ministry long enough now to know that I have seen in the most conservative families older children and adults fall into deep sin. I am old enough now and have been in the ministry long enough now to have heard of pastors in the most conservative churches, in ultra-fundamentalist, KJV-only, ultra-conservative churches, pastors who have had adulterous affairs, pastors who have struggled with pornography, pastors who have lost their ministries because they couldn't control their anger. Folks, coming up with all kinds of rules and regulations simply will not win the war within. A number of years ago, I preached through the book of Colossians. And one of the passages that has stayed with me in a very strong way is Colossians 2, verses 20 through 23. Very important passage of Scripture. I want you to listen carefully to what Paul says. Paul says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, why, as if you were still a part of this world, do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings? These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, 
Now watch this. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. I want that to be burned in our minds and in our hearts this morning. They are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, do not do this, do not do that. Folks, those man-made standards and rules we come up with for our own lives will not defeat the flesh. When I was preaching on this passage, I found an illustration that I used in that particular sermon. One writer said this. He said, you can take a Christian man and put him on a remote, deserted island with no access to television, with no access to the internet, with no influence from the culture around him. And he says, I guarantee you that every single day that man will struggle with the urges and desires of his own sin. You can't isolate and separate yourself and think that that is enough to win the battle. Because it is something within us. It is from our sin nature. It is that sin that still resides within us. I shared this with you two weeks ago on Sunday night and want to share it with you again. God uses the war within you to cause you to grow strong in Christ. God uses the war within you to cause you to grow strong in Christ. Your inward struggle is not unusual. It is essential. Your inward struggle that you face every day is not unusual. It is essential. If you weren't a Christian, you wouldn't have a battle. You'd just be giving in to all of your sins. It's because you belong to Christ. It is because you are in him that there is this battle, this war that rages within you every day. And folks... I say to you this morning, this is where we grow. This is where we grow strong in Christ. Don't think something's wrong with you because you have this battle. Engage in it. It is this very battle that causes us to be reminded every day, every minute of every day, that I cannot win this battle on my own. It can only be won by Christ in me. It is the battle that kills our pride and arrogance. It is the battle that humbles us again and again. It is the battle that forces us to cry out to God every day for help. It is the battle that reveals the uselessness of human effort apart from God's strength. It is the battle that teaches us to rely on the Lord alone. It is the battle that causes us to love the Savior who delivers us from sin. It is the battle that leads us to a life of continual confession and repentance. It is the battle that makes us more watchful against the encroachment of sin. It is the battle that encourages us to develop daily habits of holiness. It is the battle that forces us to lean on our brothers and sisters in Christ for their help in our Christian growth. It is the battle that leads us to look for daily solutions instead of 
for instant miracles. Strange as it may seem to us, we need to struggle because it's in the struggle that we grow in grace. It's in the struggle that we grow mature in Christ where we put off the old man and continually put on the new man. Our second point this morning is walk by the Spirit. In Galatians 5.16, the Apostle Paul makes this life-changing statement. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I say life-changing for this reason. Galatians 5.16 is one of those verses in the Bible that every single one of us ought to spend the rest of our lives asking, what does this mean? I want to understand it better. I want to research it. I want to pray about it. I want to meditate on it until the day I die. It is so important because Paul says this to us. If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And I don't know about you, but that makes me say, I want to know what it means to walk by the Spirit. John MacArthur says the key, the key to abstaining from fleshly desires and defeating fleshly temptations lies in walking in the Spirit's power. So that begs the question, what does it mean? to walk by the Spirit. I want to give you a foundational thought, and as I shared a couple of weeks ago on Sunday night, what I'm about to share with you is no easy answer. What I'm about to share with you is no quick fix. I'm sorry about that. I don't have some wonderful, amazing answer that if you walk away and do this, everything will be all right. As I shared with them before, I wish I could say to you, just go home, memorize Psalm 15, and everything will be all right. But that's not the way it works. Let me give you a foundational thought on walking by the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is a series of small steps in the same direction over a long period of time. Walking in the Spirit is a series of small choices that you make every single day that take you in the same direction, the direction of being conformed to the image of Christ, the direction of being obedient to your Savior over a long period of time. Notice it says walk by the Spirit. It doesn't say fly by the Spirit, run by the Spirit, or jog by the Spirit doesn't happen fast. We make steady progress day by day. We make deliberate choices every single day of our lives. And let me tell you, let me say to all of us, every single day is important to your Christian life. As I've said to many people in counseling, Satan never takes a day off. And neither should we. When it comes to our Christian life, there are no vacation days. There are no days off. We make deliberate choices. We get up every day and start walking. Every day 
is filled with choices in the secret places of your heart. Your thoughts. What will I think? What will I not think? Your words. What will I say? What will I choose not to say? Your attitude. It's possible in a group this size that some of you right now, right here, are struggling with a bad attitude. Maybe it's a negative attitude, a critical attitude, a judgmental attitude, a bitter attitude. The question is, will you surrender that to Christ? Will you allow him to change that attitude today in the choices that you make? This includes our motives. Not only what do we do, but why do we do what we do? Our passions and desires. What is important to me? What am I passionate about? What am I excited about in my life? Every day, I make choices that I must, and in those choices, I must choose Christ. I must submit to the Holy Spirit. I must surrender to the Lordship of Christ. I must want to please my Savior in everything I think and say and do. And that includes every choice, every day. I close as I began. The choices you make every day in the secret places of your heart will determine who you become in Christ. When you have a friend, when you see a public figure fall into deep sin, be sure of this. It didn't happen overnight. Somewhere back there, over a long period of time, they were losing the battle in the secret places of their heart. At the end of this service, after communion, we're going to close with that chorus, gladly would I leave behind me. That's what the Christian life is. Every day and every choice, I leave behind my old life, the things I used to do, and I choose Christ, and I choose him over and over again. This is a phenomenal passage for communion. This is a great time for self-examination. Will you pray as you take the elements? God, help me to win the battle in the secret places of my heart. At this time, we will share the Lord's Supper.